when I was 25, and uh, it was when that turn came in my life, uh, really toward the Lord with all my heart. And, uh, and when that happened, there were, um, I, I, I was going, wow, this is great. Oh, but God, what, what's going to keep this from being the roller coaster ride that I've been on all my life? What, what's going to keep, what's going to keep this from being, you know, hot one day, cold the next, up one day, down the next, you know, what, what's, what's going to make a difference? Two things made a difference. One was I, I got connected with the body of Christ. I mean, I got connected with, 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 with people. And, and if I was going to walk away from the faith, which I had tried to do in my late teens, uh, if I was going to walk away from the faith, I was going to have to walk away from my social network. And I, and I don't mean my virtual social network. I mean people flesh and blood and, and, and the people that I hung out with and the people who were the fabric of my life. But as important and maybe even more important is because really for the first time in my life, I began to engage intentionally daily with the Word of God. I mean, to be able to read and have access to the Word and yet not avail yourself of that and, and, and say, I am a follower of Christ, makes that phrase ring extremely hollow. Let me just say that again. You know, to, to be able to read and to have the Word and to not engage with it, I would even say daily and say, I, but I follow Christ. That's, that's talking the talk. That's not walking the walk. Because Jesus is the Word. And he said, you know, whoever feeds on me will have life. And so that's where, that's where that is. Uh, I consider this the most important sermon of the year. And uh, you may say, well, then why aren't you bringing it today if you think it's the most important sermon of the year? Well, I brought it for about 20 years, and I discovered that after a while, t people tend to kind of go, oh, yeah, he's preaching that sermon again. But when you hear a new voice, there's an automatic tendency to go, oh, this, this is something new. And so today, you not only get a new voice, you get a great voice. And I'm not just talking about how he sings. Would you welcome our elder, Mike Preby? Well, I feel a little more comfortable behind a music stand, so I'm going to have this up here. <laughs> Let's just get right on into it, into his word. Uh, it's a blessing to be here with you this morning. It really is. The last Sunday of 2018. And uh, let's dig into the Word together. Let's stand, if you will. We have a, a few different verses to read. Oh, oh, I got my clicker here. That's what I'm supposed to happen to. Okay. All right. So a few, three different verses. We'll start with Psalm 119, 105. Here we go. Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. We're going to continue on in Psalm 119, 129, and 30. Your statutes are wonderful. 
Therefore, I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And finally, from Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the hearts and attitudes of the heart. Let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word and the beauty that is contained in it. Holy Spirit, invite your presence more and more here, God. Open our eyes to your word. May it take root and may we bear fruit because of it. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, for the past, oh, 25 plus years now, um, I've been in the physical therapy world, uh, and something intrigued me many years ago when I was studying physical therapy, and it was this, the study of these things called modalities, uh, these electronic gadgets that are used to speed up the healing process. Um, diathermy was one that was way back in the day, big drum that would create heat. Uh, ultrasound was another one that we still use to a certain degree today that would use sound waves to penetrate the body to create a deep heat or a pulsed heat. I'm sorry, I'm nerding out a little bit, but this is fun stuff to me. Um, uh, all kinds of different forms of electric stimulation for decreasing pain, uh, for pumping out uh, fluid edema, swelling, for engaging muscle activity. I love the, the modalities. And the one that came on the scene here recently that got my attention over the last year or two is uh, one is a science of something called photobiomodulation. Yeah. That's a fun one. You can, you can try it at home later if you want, photobiomodulation. And just like in science, there's always a hard way to say things, and there's an easier way to say things. It's light therapy. Using light to penetrate the body for healing. Now, that sounds woohoo, I know. Sounds kind of crazy, but the studies that are backing this stuff up are fascinating to me. Hundreds of double-blind studies and peer-reviewed studies that prove that certain spectrums of light can penetrate the body, specifically these red waveforms and uh, near-infrared wavelengths, penetrate the body and have an effect all the way down to the cellular, cellular level. If we go back to biology, if you remember the mitochondria, Boom. Oh, Rhonda Frazier. Yeah. If you, if you didn't catch that, she said powerhouse. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. That's right. And so this light, this specific waveforms of light get all the way down to the cell and help that mitochondria function like it's supposed to. And one of the things it does is it creates power for the whole body. It's fascinating. It excites me. And we're, we're here today to talk about light. I pulled a I went out of the playbook of Kevin O'Day and thought I'd wear a shirt to uh, drive home the point. But we're talking about light, and specifically the light of God's Word. God's Word is light. And we read it in one of those uh, scriptures from Psalm 119. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light into my path. And God's Word, just like that photobiomodulation stuff, God's Word penetrates. And God's word in Proverbs says, your word is life, health, 
to my whole body, if we would just expose ourselves to that light. See, the, the, the deal is the reason that we're seeing this light therapy stuff a lot is because generally as a, as a uh, culture, we're inside a lot. Some studies say that we're inside 95% of the day. I know that's not everybody, but culturally you can kind of see how that happens. And we're exposed to what's called junk light, LED lights, lights that come from your phone, from your computer, from your TV screen. So we're overdosing on those spectrums of light and we're not exposing ourselves to really what is the, the, the rays of the real sun that bring, that bring a, a, a specific physical healing to our body. So are we, as Christians, as followers of Christ, are we exposing ourselves to the light of God's word like we should be? Like Pastor Ronnie said, if we're calling ourselves believers in Christ, are we students of his word? Are we exposing ourselves to the light of God's word? Or are we overexposing ourselves to the junk light that this world has to offer? So God's word is light. That's one of my main, one of the three main points this morning. God's word is light and it exposes things. It lights our path. One of the things I do in the physical therapy world, I work uh, in home health. So I take care of mainly elderly folks. And one of the things I'm charged with and tasked to do is to reduce their fall risk. There's a lot of different things we can do to decrease their fall risk. But something that happens as we get older, we tend to, not always, but we tend to lose our balance as we get older. Strength can go down as we get older. Um, and one thing, and really, honestly, not to make light of this at all, this is a real thing, but one thing that can happen is that we tend to have to go to the bathroom a little bit more often, especially at nighttime as we get older. And a lot of times, falls happen with, our, with my patients because they're in a hurry to get to the bathroom. And one of the things that I can tell them is, here's, here's a simple thing we can do. We can install some little nightlights in your, in your pathway to where, you're, to where you're going so you can see better. Illuminate their path. As a side note, if you are going to implement this, after I just talked about junk light, I would suggest that your lights that you use would be of a red hue or an orange hue. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't mess up your circadian rhythm so you can fall back to sleep nicely. God's word is a lamp into my feet, a light for my path. When I was putting this message together, I also thought about how light exposes things. I thought about our, our friends in the NFL. And what's so cool about these athletes, uh, I love working with athletes. I've, I've been able to work with two over, uh, over my uh, career, pro professional athletes, and they were just so fun to work with because they do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get better because they're in it to win it as Guy Fieri would say. They're in it to win. And so what happens after a game day, I don't know, the day or two later, they get together and they get in the media room. And what do they do? They watch film. They get together and watch some of the plays that happened on Sunday. And because that film exposes things in their game, and that can kind of hurt to go, ooh, Man, I made that same mistake three different times in that game. Ah. But they all understand the reason why they're there. They're in it to win. There's a scripture 
In 1 Corinthians 9.24, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. This isn't talking about running to earn salvation, of course. This is running because of our salvation in response to God, because of his gift given to us. So these NFL guys get together and what's exposed to them is some of their trip up, some of the things that might, their habits that might affect their game. Some of the things they could do different. It also exposes the attack of the other side, the attack of the opposite team and some of their schemes and some of their ploys. You see where I'm going with this? God's word is light and it exposes things. And I think greater than those two things that I just mentioned, it exposes, God's word exposes, illuminates how majestic, how glorious our God is and how much he cares for humanity. See, as you read his word, you see just how much, how far God went on our behalf because he wants to be in relationship with you today and for eternity. The gift of his only begotten son. So that, that the, the relationship that was severed in the garden when sin came under the picture, because of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice, that relationship is what the scripture says is reconciled, fixed, repaired. And God went all that way to fix this relationship so he could be in communication and in, in relationship with us. That's what, the word, the, what God's word illuminates. So God's word is light and it points to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Let me read another scripture before we get there. Hebrews 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, We'll pause for a second. That's talking about Hebrews 11. We went through Hebrews in our men's group. This is, in, uh, therefore, is in reference to Hebrews 11, talking about the, the uh, hall of faith chapter, some will say, the giants of faith, heroes of faith, men and women that have gone before us in scripture that are going with the same running the race kind of a theme, ran with endurance the race that was set before them. Every one of them. Every one of them tripped up and fell along the way. You understand, they weren't superheroes. They were people like you and I trying to be obedient to the call of the Father. So it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're talking about the light of God's word illuminating our path so that we don't get tripped up all the time. Oftentimes it says, let us... Let us uh, Set aside every sin and snare that so easily entangles us. Often we can identify the sins and snares that easily entangle yourself. A lot of times you know which ones those are that trip you up. And scripture says to set them down. So often we identify them and we keep staring at them. And we say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And we might even call these things ours and say, my, my fear or my whatever. Scripture says, set them down and look somewhere else. Look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it gives a perfect example 
of how Jesus did it. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Of course, Jesus Christ never did sin. The scripture says that he might have had an option right here to pick up that, pick up shame and stare at it. And he said, no, for the joy set before me, I'm keeping my eye on something else. This scripture doesn't specifically say what that joy was. But I've heard messages on this. I believe that part of that joy, if not all of it, was obedience to the Father. It gave Jesus great joy to obey the Father. Not my will, but your will be done. And I also believe part of that joy that was set before him is right here. Humanity. He knew what he was doing when he laid down his life for us. Again, fixing that relationship that we would have relationship with our almighty God. That gave him great joy. Scripture says he came to bring many sons and daughters to glory. Gave him joy to do that. So God's word is light and it points to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. John 8, 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's pretty cool to me that scripture, his word is, is called light. Jesus is the word become flesh. Then it would make a lot of sense that Jesus would be referred to as the light of the world. Uh, we're talking about reading God's word and getting into a, 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 a habit of reading his word on a daily, on a regular basis. When you read God's word, look for Jesus in his word. And that even goes to, uh, that even means the Old Testament too. Script, you'll, you'll, you'll see things like scripture talks about pictures, uh, shadows. Uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Uh, types in the Old Testament. When you're looking at scripture, when you're reading the Old Testament, look for Jesus Christ peppered through the Old Testament. It's all pointing, all pointing to Jesus Christ when he comes onto the planet in the New Testament. But it's all about Jesus. David Mathis, he's with uh, desiringgod.org, part of uh, John Piper's group, says this. says, the great goal of Bible reading and study is this, knowing and enjoying Jesus. He goes on to paint a really pretty picture I wanted to share with you guys this morning. David Mathis says this, the works of God stand as marvelous mountain ranges in the Bible, but the highest peak and the most majestic vista is the person and work of his son, Jesus. See, Jesus came to represent a different different kind of a kingdom an upside-down kind of a kingdom. Jesus came to serve. There's a lot different kind of a kingdom than we're used to on this world. Jesus came to serve. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Jesus came to heal, to forgive, to love, to be patient. And if you ask me, that's a lot of light in this dark world. So God's word is light. It all points to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. 
And then Jesus says something in uh, Matthew 5 at the Sermon on the Mount. He's just kind of getting started. He just finishes up the Beatitudes. And he says this, you are the light of the world. Huh? You are the light of the world. The scripture here says, uh, you are the light of the world, a town. Oh, I have a slide for that. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So it says, you are the light of the world, not try to become the light of the world. Brothers and sisters, if you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, you are the light of the world. So what does that mean? How do we let our light so shine? As I was studying this and putting this together, I saw this very good similarity between what the Bible's picture of light is and also the Bible's picture of fruit is. They work themselves out in, in the same kind of way. And Paul uh, helped me clarify this a little bit in Scripture in Ephesians 5. And you see how they tie together. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. And here we go. Here's the connection. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Back to exposing things through his word. Exposing things, it's a, it's a, it's a good thing for us. Jesus talks about this bearing fruit thing. So when we think about bearing fruit in this context, we can think about let your light so shine. How do we do that? Jesus says in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Stay connected to me and you can bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Fruit is the purpose of the branch, but it's not the responsibility of the branch. Branches, fruit is the purpose. Let's see what Mr. Chuck Swindoll has to say about that. I like what he had to say. This is out of his book uh, called Jesus. The focus of a Christian's activity is not to work hard enough to make fruit, but to keep his connection to Jesus Christ clean and strong. One way to do that is to absorb the teaching of God's word, the 66 books of the Bible, Read God's word, think about it, apply it, talk about it with others, ask questions, commit sections of it to memory. So we're gonna briefly break these down here real quick. So we'll start with think about it. As we read God's word, as you intentionally read God's word, think about it. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, to do what's written in it. Then you will be prosperous and have good success. That's a challenge for me. Sometimes I read his word to check it off the list. But it's such a good thing as I've been learning from Pastor Wayne to pause, as some of you are too, I'm sure, to pause and ponder his word. It's hard for me to do that, but it's so fruitful. As you go during your day, if you read something in the morning, chew on that during the day. I love me some chicken wings. And when I'm eating with chicken wings with somebody, I will typically say, are you going to finish that? 
<laughs> There's a lot of meat on that bone. <laughs> and so often we do that with God's word. You might have read John 3.16 and go, yeah, I'm going to gloss over that one. I've read it before, but there's a lot of meat on that bone. Chew on his word. Meditate on it day and night. Apply God's word. Matthew 7. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Where Jesus says, now you've heard all these words. But now you need to apply them. And the person that applies them is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the storm comes, like Pastor Kevin spoke about just a few weeks ago, not if, when the storm comes, that house will stand. It will stand strong. Or you can listen to all these words and don't apply them, and that would be like the foolish man that built his house on the sand. And when that same storm comes, it'll fall with a great crash. Apply God's word. Talk about it with others. One of the reasons I love small groups, I'm a big small group fan, because it's a purposed place and time where you can get together and talk about the Word of God. And I really believe, I, this is hard for me too. I'm an introvert. I'd much rather be in the corner by myself. But I'd see the fruit that comes out of getting together with other brothers, other sisters, and digging into God's Word and wrestling with God's, in God's Word, being enlightened by some of the other guys that have been through stuff that can say, well, this, this Scripture uh, meant this to me, and it really, it, it really changed me this way. Get together with people. It doesn't have to be in small groups, but purpose to do it. Do it in your family, with your family. However, do it over a cup of coffee with somebody else. Purpose to talk about it with others. Ask questions. It's not wrong to ask questions about his word. I'll say it again. It's not wrong. It's not taboo to ask questions about his word. As a matter of fact, most of the time, that will drive you deeper into his word. And let me tell you something. We have a helper in this. Jesus said when he left this earth, he said, it's better that I leave because the Father's going to send somebody in my place that's going to help you and going to teach you in all things and comfort you. When you're studying his word, remember, remember, remember that we have the Holy Spirit here with us. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand this. Help me. Teach me in all things. And he will. Yes. Always heard that when you have kids, they're going to ask a lot of questions. Woo. Yes. Our kids are, are, are yes, they do that. Ask a ton of questions. Daddy, Daddy, why is this? Daddy, what's this about? Mommy, what does this mean? And why are they doing it? They're doing it because they want to gain understanding. And we should do the same thing with God's word and commit sections of it to memory. Another thing I struggle with, committing things to memory, but I've seen it over the years as I've purposed to put, to put his scripture into my mind. When we get into 2019, start today for crying out loud. Get his word in you, purpose to memorize scripture. Throw it on the three by five card, put it on your, on your mirror and daily go over it. One thing that's helped us, I know there's a lot of different uh, sources, materials out there that can help you memorize scripture. One thing that's helped us over the last couple of years is a ministry called Seeds Family Worship. They put scripture to music. And I know there's other people that do that, other ministries that do that, but write it down if you want. Seeds Family Worship, they are on YouTube. You can buy their CDs. As a matter of fact, some of the kids in Cool Church are learning some of the Seeds Family Worship songs 
because they loop scripture over and over again and it just gets it into you. And I tell you what, if it, if it gets it into you, it's going to come out. Meditate on God's word and commit to uh, memorize it as we go along. So God's word is light. It all points to Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And you, brothers and sisters, are also the light of the world. Let your light so shine. Stay connected to our triune God, Jesus Christ, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Stay connected and bear much fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And like I said before, this right here, this kind of fruit, this is light in a dark world. And we need more of this fruit in this world that we live in. Stay connected to God through the reading of his word. Pastor Ronnie reached out to me uh, this week and said he had a resource for those here that are interested in it. Got a pastor friend was at Hendersonville that has put together a reading plan, five minutes a day, five days a week, and goes through the New Testament in a year's time. And we have this as a gift for you on your way out at the Welcome Center. Grab one on your, on your way out. You can get into his word and purpose to get into his word. As we talk about light and the light of God's word and how it lights our path, scripture also says that the path of the righteous is like the dawning of the sun. It's brighter and brighter and brighter to the fullness of day. Stay in his word. Watch your path get brighter and brighter as you understand more and more that the God of all creation is with you wherever you go through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That, that's a bright path when you know that God Almighty is with you wherever you go.